Brother Bob. All right. Thank you, gentlemen and ladies. Appreciate y'all. And if you haven't met me, that means you may not have been here last week, so we'll give you a bye. But those of you who were here last week um, and came back, you know what you're in for, don't you? Yeah, anytime you come back and hear a preacher twice, uh, that's a good thing. So we're grateful to be with you. Appreciate you being uh, here. Thank you so much. I know school got started back. All the kids got straight A's this week. Is that correct? Okay. This, this is the time, kids, for you to say yes in front of mom and dad. Uh, the report cards will come out later and the truth will be known, but uh, hopefully you've, you've done that. But what a, what a joy to be with you. Uh, thank you for the privilege to be here to share God's Word. Uh, I got to meet Molly and some of this crew over here, a little young lady right there, Molly. She waved at me. She is precious. Hi, Molly. She's waving again. Look at that. That's twice. So, uh, and I hope to get to meet some of the rest of you. One of the things that uh, I would like to do is if I say something wrong today, something that's not uh, in your Bible or you have a question about, uh, please, as you exit, I'll be out there. Please uh, mention it to me or whatever, because uh, God never makes a mistake. His Word has no errors in it. It's perfectly great for us to study, and I hope that you have a copy of God's Word, and you'll open it with me in just a minute to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to talk about who we are as the body of Christ, what God calls us uh, to do or to be, and uh, you are here. Now, if you uh, know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I pray that many, if not all of you do, uh, that you are part of that body of Christ. We're part of, part of His family. If you don't know Jesus, we've been singing about, talking about that Jesus loves you. Uh, all of us have got sin. We've all messed up and fallen short of the glory of God. We've, we've all done that, probably even this week, for even those of us that are believers. Uh, we, we probably need to, to find some forgiveness in our life for something or some little something that's there. But, but even at that... You know, we, we realize that some of you may not know Jesus. And my greatest joy today would be for you to have some questions about Jesus. To realize that you're lost and estranged from what God wants for you and for your home and for your family and for your future. And uh, until you find Jesus, you're really never going to find that. So we all have failures. We all got addictions. We've all got all kind of stuff wrong in our life, but God is in the changing business. Uh, this past week, I had the opportunity to go to southeast Arkansas to Varner Prison. And yes, they did let me out. I didn't have to stay. Uh, they, they let me out after I visited. But I got to visit with some men, uh, about 40 men that are working uh, in a seminary program, much like your pastor and myself Others have been through. There's a seminary program that's privately funded. The state of Arkansas doesn't give us any money. It's by Christian people. But these men are being trained to be chaplains, or we call them field ministers down there, to stay in the prison and make a difference in the lives of other people. It's men that have messed up, like we all. Can we all say amen? I'm all, we're all sinners. But men that's messed up in various different ways. But yet God has come into their life, changed their life, and they have, they've turned around. 
and they've earned the right to go to this course, courses, if you will. It's a four-year course, uh, just like a seminary program. They go through that, and they get what uh, we would classify almost a college bachelor's degree uh, for a pastor. And as I heard those men pray, and I know a couple of them personal, just from our churches and places, as I heard them pray and share their hearts out, I said, thank you, God, that Jesus Christ forgives us of each and every sin in all of our life. Now, those men will probably never be out in the free world again. That's probably their new home. But most of those men, uh, in the course of the last couple of years, as I've had opportunity to visit with them, most of those men said, this is now my home. And if I can help some other young man that comes in here that is going to be paroled or is going to be released at a later date, not to make those mistakes again. That's what I want to do. Uh, The body of Christ is not just in a local church. The body of Christ is where we are serving the Lord. And so I hope that you'll listen today uh, as we read God's Word about what God is saying to you about your part in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read beginning in verse 12 for a minute. And so I'll give you another opportunity to find that. In 1 Peter, a different place, Peter calls the church a flock. You're the flock of God. Uh, In another place, he calls it, in 1 Peter chapter 4, he calls it the family of God. We're a family and we belong to God. Jesus himself, the, the last night of his life, referred to us in John chapter 15 as the true vine. Paul referred to us as God's household in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15. And at Caesarea Philippi, Jesus called the church the ecclesia, the, the, the called out ones. You're called out from where you are to be different in the culture and in the community in which you live. You're unique. You're different. You're ecclesia. And each one of these pictures, if you will, is, a, is an image. It's a word picture for us of who we are. But I, I think one of the greatest ones is the one we find right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now I'm going to ask you to do something if, if it's possible. If it's not, I certainly understand. But out of reverence for God's word, would you stand together with me as we read God's word and I'm reading out of the New King James Version, so uh, if your version is a little bit different or your phone, you've got two or three versions, you can jump around a little bit there with me. But we're going to skip all the way down to verse 12. He says, As the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether we're Jews or Greeks, whether we're slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye... Where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as it pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? 
But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Bow with me as we pray. Father, would you bless the reading of your word into our hearts and lives that it makes a difference. Help us to hear you speaking through me, to me, and to us, so that we know exactly what you want us to know today. Thank you for this time, for each one of the people that are here, how precious and blessed our time is. We ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate it. The next time you get to stand up, you'll get to respond to God or walk out, one of the two. How's that? When we're called to be the body of Christ, we're called to be a community. We talked about a family, a true vine, different things. We're, we're called to be that community, a, a group of people that call ourselves by First Baptist Church Salem, uh, another name, different things, but we're called to belong to each other. Now, in my ministry, there's been many times where people have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I hope that for you, that is something that you do. There's nothing more important today that you would do other than to say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But as they would do that, then, then us preachers, we like it when they, when they walk forward during an invitation... And they wave at everybody, and they're happy. Sometimes there's tears of joy. Sometimes other people of us join with them up here because we're so excited. And they say, I've asked Jesus into my life, and I want everybody to know it. And I want to follow Jesus in baptism. And I want to be a member of a church. And I want to do this. And grandmas and grandpas, we tear up and cry and thank God and People like that, we're so excited. It's a wonderful time, the life of a church. So don't ever sing two verses of a hymn and close your hymn book and say, what's for lunch? That's a, that's a bad thing in my book. It's a time we celebrate, time we do that. And, and yet there are times when some people will come to me and they say, but you know, preacher, man, I'm just a little bashful. And I don't want to walk down and tell everybody what, you know, what's going on. Well, I understand that. I'm a little bashful, too. It's kind of hard sometimes being in front of people. And, you know, Satan starts saying, I, you know, you didn't have the, the right clothes on. I wonder if my hair's combed. Uh, what, what all this? And we start getting all of these excuses of why we don't want to walk forward and tell people. But... But yet the Bible is very clear that we're to ask Jesus in our life and then we are to go through a 
what we would call believer's baptism, where we would go forward and we would be immersed. The old parts of our life would be a picture of being washed away and the new life coming up in Jesus Christ. Picture of all those sins that Jesus washed away on the cross and the new life that we have in Jesus. And that's what, what baptism is. And it's a community thing, and it's a thing. And so sometimes people would come to me and they'd say, well, I wanna, I've asked Jesus into my life, and, and I want to be baptized, but I don't know about being a member of that church. Man, old Bob Harper down there, he, he's a member of that church, and he, he's a reprobate. He, he, he doesn't do everything right on Monday through Saturday, and then he comes to church on Sunday. And I'd say to those people, I'm sorry. We're all sinners. We, we, we all have messed up. All of us fall short of the glory of God. But to be a member of God's church is to be a member of a community of believers. And nothing so depicts that as clearly to me as verses 26 and 27 we just read. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part honors, every part rejoices with it. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We are a part of a community. We're not here as judges and, and juries against each other. We're all lost. Wait a minute, you didn't hear me. We all have sinned. All right, for a minute I thought I'd already gone to heaven where there is no sin. We've all messed up. We've all got dirt under our fingernails and things we're not proud of. But because of Jesus Christ, He's washed that away. And so we are a community of sinners that have been saved by Jesus, that God is transforming by the renewing of our mind, by our actions, by everything else. And we, we're, we're showing that, and there's strength in that, that we can say to one another, would you pray for me? I'm having a difficult time with this in my life right now. My kids aren't acting right, or this is not going right. And, and there's support and there's an identification that we say, I know those people, and, and, and they're praying for me, and I'm responsible for them. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the family. I'm, I'm the hand or the foot or the eye or the ear, or, or maybe I'm just part of the arm, or, or whatever you are, you are significant and important to God and to His church. We're responsible to each other body of Christ, but not only are we to be a community, we're to be a community that if someone's hurting, we're going to be there. If someone's happy, we're going to be there. I don't know how many Razorback fans we have in here, or Red Wolves, or whatever uh, they are. I'm kind of a Razorback fan, but as a pastor, it's always a down Sunday when the Razorbacks lose on Saturday. Man, it's just bad. But if we beat Texas, man, we walk into church like, look at us. We, we did something. And we're excited. And that's what it is to be a member of the body of Christ is that we are responsible. People care for us. People love us. People are helping us. But it's also a call to accept one another because we're all different. Nothing clearly says that any more than verse 14. The body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 17, if the whole body is an eye, 
Where's the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? As Christians, that means that we're different. If you look around, nobody in this building looks exactly like you. I'm looking to see if we have identical twins. I don't see any right at the moment. But nobody is exactly like you. You are special and unique, and yet we have to accept one another because we are different. We are special. The Bible tells us that because you're unique and individual, creative, you can have diversity. I'm so grateful that when we sing over here, I'm sorry for you folks uh, that had to hear me sing, but every once in a while I miss a note. The truth of the matter is every once I find a note that all the rest of y'all are singing. But I enjoy singing. I enjoy singing the praises to our Lord and but I'm, I'm different. You'd never put me behind a, a microphone and say, oh, lead this congregation in, in music. No, no. You'd all be going, whoop, that was a mistake. Just let him sit over there and sing praises. We're all different. But we all need to accept one another's differences and help one another become part of the community in, in that way, there is, now understand, we just read it, there's one God, there's one Lord Jesus, we have one relationship with God, one Holy Spirit that is convicting all of us of our sins and leading all of us as a community to do things, and, and we're all doing that, but we accept one another. Some, some churches worship with only a piano. They'd never have a set of drums. I never knew a set of drums when I was growing up in, in church. Some of us had an organ. Anybody remember the organs? Yeah, we used to have an organ. We, we used to have red carpet, and then we got upset with that. So we went blue carpet, and then we went with this beautiful, uh, I guess this is tan. I think your church is beautiful, by the way. But we... we, we we accept that somebody may like something different than we do. We're honest with ourselves. There's times that we don't even continue to like the things that we used to like. But we accept them. That's the way it is in the body of Christ. We are members of First Baptist Church, Salem. I think you're a member of Rocky Bow Association. Is that correct? There's a lot of other associations. Why aren't you a member of one of them in South Arkansas? We, they're not close. They're not like us. You're a member of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. There are all kinds of people that are in the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. And then the Southern Baptist Convention, different nationalities. So we accept that we're on one mission together. Many times we call that cooperative program ministries. In other words, we give our money and it goes through our local church, and our church keeps a certain part of that, and then a small part of that we usually send on, and we usually send it to what I'd say Little Rock, to the state convention, and they take a certain percentage of that, and they keep about 27 28% maybe, and they send the rest on to the Southern Baptist Convention, and it goes to support our missionaries, and all around the world it goes to all kinds of things. We, we could talk for a long time about cooperative program and how significant and special that is. 
And coming up in just a few weeks is the Dixie Jackson State Missions Offering, where, where all that money just stays. It's a different offering, but we, we can give some of our money to that, and it stays directly in Arkansas because we're working together with Arkansas churches. So we choose to be a community. We choose to accept other people because God's not interested in clones. He wants you. He created you as unique, special. You have a very vital part in this church and in the body of Christ. So I always tell people, if you walk by something in the church that's a piece of paper where somebody's dropped it or a preacher like me that left his bottle of water in the pew last week, sorry about that, whoever cleans up. I thought about that about 100 miles down the road. But if you see something that, that needs to be picked up or cleaned up, you have responsibility. This is our church building, and what a beautiful building it is. This is our church. This is, this is our community outreach. So we want people to, to come and join our church, obviously, and we accept that there's other believers in, in other churches, which is okay. If they want to be a different church, that's okay, as long as they're knowing Jesus and following Jesus to the best of their ability. They ought to be here, right? Okay. But if they're there, we accept that. Because God doesn't want to have clones. And so if there is a group of inmates in Barner Prison that's studying to reach other inmates, that's a good thing. And if there's people in Japan or in Africa or India that our missionaries are reaching out, that's a good thing. By the way, many of those international people have moved to Arkansas. I always prayed that we'd send missionaries, and I think God did the great job and still does that. We still need to do that. But many of those international people have moved to Arkansas, and they're here for school or education or something, maybe going back home. We need to be the community right here. Third thing you need to do, we need to be unified. Sure, we're a community. Sure, we're different. We're all unique in a lot of different ways, but because we've come into a relationship with Christ as the head, we need to be unified in that. As Paul said in our text, verse 12, the body's a unit, though it's made up of many parts, though it's all its parts are many, they form one body. My hands can't do this until my brain says for them to do it. My hands can't do this until my arm muscles say, okay, do this. We're, we're all one unit. And so we're, we're unified in that, and, and that means that there's times that we, we compromise, not on the Bible. We, we study the Bible, and we may have different opinions at times, but there's, it's always true. We just need to keep studying it till we understand from the Holy Spirit what's God's Word, okay? We've all been wrong in, in looking at the Bible. We've all said at some point, well, that's in the Bible, and somebody said, well, show it to me. And we go, well... Grandma said it was in the Bible. Well, her grandma said it was in the Bible. Where is it? We don't know. So, so sometimes we have to compromise and say, we're going to do this.
going to have worship service at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning instead of 10 o'clock. That's best for our community. Or we're going to have two worship services. Or, or we're going to allow our building to, to have a different group come in on Sunday afternoon after we've been here and, and, and they will worship here. And there, there's compromise, but it's a unified compromise because we realize what our mission is. Many years ago, Jimmy Durante, some of you are old enough like me to remember Jimmy Durante, he was going around to many of the uh, people in the uh, military uh, as they were serving and he would do a little monologue. He was a comedian and funny and and he could do a lot of different things. And he was very popular going around. And he was at this one place, and they asked him if he would come into this group of soldiers and if he would uh, just do a five-minute monologue. And he said, well, really, I don't have five minutes. I'm in a really tight schedule. He said, well, could you just do five minutes? It would mean so much to these men and women if you would just come in and, and, and say, talk to them for a minute. And so Jimmy Durante had that heart, and he said, sure, I... I can squeeze it in. So he came out, came out on stage, and he did a five-minute monologue. And then he did a second five-minute monologue. And then he did a third five-minute monologue. And finally, after 30 minutes of talking, and they all loved it, he, he left the stage, and, and people were just applauding and going wild and and yet the guy that had asked him said, Mr. Durante, thank you so much for doing what you're doing, but I thought you only had five minutes. And he said, I did. I only have five minutes. I blew my schedule out of the water. But he pulled back the curtain and he said, the reason that I continued on is right there on the front row. And on the front row, there was a man, two men, several people, but two men particularly, one had lost his left arm, one had lost his right arm, but standing side by side, they were applauding. He said, I've never seen such unity in all my days. I stayed for them. Look at the sacrifice they're making. And I say that for us as a church. There's a lost world that do not understand why we're in church on Sunday morning. They don't understand why you're different. They don't understand why you give money to missions or other places. They don't understand uh, the things of God because they are lost. And, and there's at least as many of them, if not more, in Arkansas than there is of us, okay? So statistics tell us that they're everywhere. But when they see us as a unique community of believers, different but accepting, they might even accept me if I came, they think, unified in our mission and a call to action is the last little point. The kind of unity that we as members as a body of Christ, not not a unity that denies our diversity. Not a unity that says uh, we're not individuals. Not a unity that says anything, but a unity that brings our strengths together, our hands, our feet, our eyes, our ears, 
our singing, our serving, our going, our praying, all of these things. It's a call to action that we as a body of Christ are a call to action. I stopped yesterday in Sheridan, Arkansas as I came through and visited my 94-year-old mom who is sitting in a, probably in a wheelchair right about now around an old red table that, that I became a Christian around. Man, that table means a lot to me. It's just an old table. It's 60, 70 years old. I don't know how old it is. But I sat there, and my mom said, and I think I may have even mentioned this because she tells me about every Saturday or Friday when I see her, are you preaching somewhere Sunday yet? Well, don't go too long. So if I've already done that, I apologize. But she says, I'm praying for you. Now, that may not mean a whole lot to you, but to... 66-year-old baby boy, it means a world. Because that's mom's role in this community of believers at this time. She can't, she can't go to church anymore. She can't get up to the organ and play the organ anymore. She can't even really make one of those Baptist casseroles anymore. That's not her life anymore. But she realizes that her role of action is to pray for you, even though she doesn't know you. May never meet you this side of heaven, but to pray that you know Jesus. And to pray that her little boy would share God's word to the way in which you would understand what your role is as a believer in Jesus Christ. And you know people like that. They're, they're everywhere in our world today. Some of them are at home. Some of them are our family that couldn't be here today or for whatever reason. But they know that we still need to be action. Now, now some of us are pretty good shape. We can still get up and go to church. It's a good thing. Some of us need to keep coming back to church best we can. We need to understand those people that because of COVID or whatever, they're not quite comfortable yet. And if they fish bump or or they wear a mask or whatever, that's perfectly fine. Come on, do whatever you need to do. If they, they see it on the, on the TV or however we can get the word to them, that's okay. But, but hopefully there's nothing like seeing your smiling face and hearing you. So it's good to come into the house of the Lord and worship Him together. But then we go out for the rest of this week to be active members of First Baptist Church Salem. And find people out here that do not know Jesus. Pray for them. Serve them. Do all we can. Some of them are in school. Some of them are in a workplace. Some of them are our neighbors. Some of them maybe even live in our home. They don't know Jesus. And that's what we want to do. So I'm going to give you a quick invitation. We're almost through. It's almost supper time, right? If you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to realize we're all lost. We've all messed up. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus can forgive you for it. Some of you may say, oh, he'd never forgive me for this. Yeah, he can. Those prisoners I just talked to this week say he can forgive you for anything. And he has. He can forgive us all. And so we need to say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've lost. I know I'm a sinner. And I need you to come into my life and, and help me. I want to forgive 
you to forgive me of my sins. You're going to be my boss. You're going to be my Lord. And I'm going to serve you the best of my ability. You may have some more questions. That's okay. But if God is saying that to you, I invite you to come forward. You don't know me, but we'll, we'll point you to somebody that you do know. You may want to grab somebody that's with you and say, come forward and let's just talk about this and pray about this. Some of us, need to be part of this family. We, we never have joined this church. Good church. I've only been here two weeks, man. Y'all, y'all are a good church. Friendly, caring, beautiful, smiling. Good church. Not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect, but good church. Some of you, God's calling into a full-time Christian service, possibly. Like I was a little 13-year-old boy, I knew God was calling me in to do something. And, and here, here we are. But I think a majority of us are already believers. And I, I want to suggest to us that God is placing on our hearts and minds those people we know that are not saved. And our role of action right now is, is to pray for them by name. I'm not going to ask you to tell me who they are. I'm just going to say if you know somebody that's lost in the next minute, God may be saying, Dear God, Help me to know how to reach them. Help me to know how to, to serve them, to share Jesus with them, to be faithful, to be loving, to be caring, to start wherever they are and help them on this journey to find you. Maybe a grandchild, it may be a spouse, it may be a neighbor, I don't know who it is. But call them by name. Some of you may want to come up here and pray, and that's what God's telling, telling you to do. I'm not, you do what God's telling you to do. But I am telling you that we're the body of Christ. And God's going to get it done with or without us. But I sure hope I get to heaven and he looks at me and says, Bob, you didn't do everything perfect by a long shot, but you were in there trying. You did the best. Good job. Well done. Come on in, faithful servant. I hope he doesn't look at me and say, man, I called you and I called you and I called you and you never, you never did what I wanted you to do. I want my Lord and Savior to smile at me and say, well done. And oh yeah, by the way, since we're all going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, I want Judge Jesus to be pretty quick in speaking up to God the Father, the Holy One. And saying, yes, Bob, that old sinner over there, but don't worry, uh, I forgave him of all that sins. Come on in, Bob, because before that, I'm going to be shaking in my boots in front of a holy God who loved me, who sent his only begotten sin to the world to die on a cross for my sins and yours, who raised from the grave who lives victoriously, and one of these days, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess Jesus is Lord. My goal is that he didn't have to look very hard to find my name, that I'm in contact with him, okay? That's what it means to be a body of, in the family, that we remember the family's name and the head of the family knows who we are.
So I pray today that Jesus Christ knows you by name, is working in your life, and you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. Let's bow together and pray. Father, it's so good to be in your house. It's so good to listen to your word. Lord, we're all different. We're all... We, we all have, have done things we're not proud of, but Lord, we're so grateful for the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus, and we're so grateful for your Holy Spirit that calls us. And I pray, Father, right now, this, this moment, Lord, that we as a body of believers would just each one of us individually do what you want us to do, no matter what anybody else does. We'll do what you want us to do, and Lord, you'd receive all the praise and glory. I pray for those that don't know you today, it may just have questions. I pray that those that want to be part of this family, Lord, I pray for all of us that you would be pleased with us in the next few minutes. We ask it all in Jesus' name.